You're listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. keep saying I'm going to minister it and then the Lord keeps doing other things which I want him to do so it's good but I'm going to share that word with you today and I'm going to share it quickly but I want to I just want to point out a few things that the Lord did when we had people share the the words we had one word that said that that his promises don't expire and for me, I, I heard that and the Lord said, and that goes for you too. I have many things that the Lord said, I've called you to this. I want you to do this. I want you to see this through. And it's been a promise that he's given me that this will happen and his promises don't expire. And one of the things that God has promised me is that we, we will have a great people to do a great work for God here. I mean, I, I don't know that I've always put it in those words, but, but that's been my heart. I want to raise up people. I want to be used by God to raise up people to really make an impact for the kingdom of God. And then we had another word that was from Isaiah chapter 60, which coincidentally I, I had just been reading. And in verse 22, listen to this. This ministered to my heart so much. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. A small one will become a strong nation. We're not very big, but we're pretty mighty. And if God can find people of faith like you, then he'll continue to dump his vision inside of people like you to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish through people just like you. It's not the size of the people the number of the people, but it's the size of their hearts. Are their hearts enlarged enough to encompass what God's saying? I spent a lot of years hearing things, seeing things, having prophecies spoken, and I was like, no way, no way, no way. And finally, I just started saying, yes way. Oh, that seems impossible? Okay, God wants to do that. You realize that Noah built an ark, and it took him 100 years to build an ark? But when the rains came, it worked. People thought he was crazy. But when the rains came, it floated. Well, actually, there was enough rain coming down. It was more like a submarine, but that's another thing for another time. But it worked. People mocked him, laughed at him, ridiculed him. But he built something that God said to build. He found grace in God's eyes. He discovered the Lord's heart, and he, and he said yes to the Lord. 
He was a builder. And you know that the Lord, that's what he's looking for today, is that people will just say yes to him. Yes, God, I'll build what you want built. I'll lay down all my personal ambitions. I'll lay down my giftings. I'll lay down my talents. I'll lay down everything that I think that I should be doing, and I'll simply say yes to you and whatever you tell me to pick up, whatever tool you tell me to pick up, whatever you tell me to build, God, I'll build that. And if you tell me to come here and team up with Kent to help him build what you've called him to build, God, I'll do that. And I won't make it about me. And I believe with everything in me that God has found a remnant that have said, yes, and I won't make it about me. You want to destroy a work of God, make it about man. You want to see a work of God continue, make it about God. Make it about God's heart. And I honor you for doing that. I honor you for sticking with me. I honor you for sticking with God. You're a really good church. You're a really good people. God is so honored. He really is honored and blessed by you. Just as I'm talking, I'm hearing the voice of God and he's saying, I'm so honored by them. They honor my presence. You know how many people on a, any day of the week, but especially on a Sunday morning, don't honor his presence. Who are we to ever invite the king in, but then never really honor him being there? We say, Lord, speak, but then oftentimes we don't give him any room to do so. And I'm so thankful that you guys do that. Amen. It's powerful. Hallelujah. And then, then there's another word that all went, and all of the words that were given were incredible than the last word that was given. It says, there's a greatness in this place filled with agape love. This is how kingdoms are built. Promise God gave to me and to you that he's gonna make a great people out of us, a great nation, a great kingdom, if you will. And then what's small will become great. And then because of the love of God, this is how kingdoms are built. Amen. I like that. I like it when the Lord moves like that. That's powerful. So I've got T minus 28 minutes. And so I'm going to share with you for 28 minutes um, about something that is really, it's, I'm really going to shift here because who's been really encouraged this morning, just, just ministering to the Lord and letting him minister to us. So hang on to that encouragement because my message I really believe is something that's really stirring in my heart. I kept going back and go, God, are you sure you want me to share this? And I really feel impressed to just lay this out. It's not heavy, but it's something we need to have our eyes opened up to because of the time that we're living in. I know, I know a couple of things. Well, I know more than a couple, but two things I'm going to tell you. One is things are going to be incredible in terms of what God is going to do. We've, I can't even say that we've touched the tip of the iceberg. Incredible things. But something else that always goes with God doing incredible things are the enemy and people being used by the enemy to come against what we're doing. I'm going to lay some things out here, and you may not see this for a month or two months or six months or six years or ten years. I don't really know, but I just feel impressed to share it with you. And whenever you see great people doing great works of God, you will always find persecution in the midst of it. And so this is like a very, a very shepherding thing on my heart that we need to be aware of the times that we're living in and how the enemy works. Back in the day, in the early church, they experienced extreme persecution. And the level that the government will allow 
is the level of persecution that the enemy will, will put on Christians through people. You have to remember something. The world doesn't hate everything else. <laughs> it embraces everything else. They hate us. Why? Because our message is plain and simple that you have to put your trust in Jesus in Jesus alone, and there isn't any other way. And so for people that don't want that, re that rebel against that, they're not only going to hate the message, they're going to hate the messenger. And I'm gonna get into a couple minutes here about how we respond to those things, but it's really important to understand that persecution comes with the territory. I'm beginning to believe more strongly as I read even some things in history, but read the Apostle Paul that if I'm not experiencing persecution, I'm starting to step back and go, you know, God, I think something is either amazingly right because we have so much freedom or I'm doing something wrong because I'm not having persecution. And I think for in America, for a lot of years, we haven't had to endure persecution because we've had a very free country and praise God for that. But I'll tell you, I don't know what the days hold ahead of us, but I do know that God is the one that holds our future. And if we have our trust in him, everything is going to work out just fine. Amen. See, there's a lot of things going on about end time stuff and rapture, no rapture, tribulation, no tribulation, second coming, when's it going to happen? The millennial reign of Jesus, all of these things. Look, I don't have all of the answers, but what I do know is that we can choose to trust God or we can choose to look at all of the things that are going on around us. And I've just come to the conclusion, like, I don't want to talk. I'm going to do the very best I can because I get pretty excited about things. But I don't even really want to talk about all the other things going on unless I've got some solutions. And you know what the best solution is for everything? And I was even kind of ridiculed over this recently, but it's the gospel. The gospel will fix all of the political problems, all of the injustice, all of the racial problems, all of the evil scheming that's going on, the gospel will fix every single part of that. And don't you ever believe anything different. If the problems we have going on in our country, it, they're not political problems. They're darkness problems. The enemy hates light. He hates good things. And from the moment our country was born, July 4th, 1776, from the moment our country was born, the enemy has had a campaign to destroy what God started. And I'm not saying everything was started accurately and everything was 100% right, but it was a whole lot better than any other place in the world. And we have been able to live from that and even develop into more freedom over the years in different areas. But now things are coming full circle and there are people, and I'm learning to be more loving and more gracious with the people that are in darkness. So instead of calling them knuckleheads, I'll just say they're in darkness. Because when you look at people, you just think, my God, do you have any brain cells at all? But people see things like they do because they have blinders on. And it is really important that we understand that for compassion's sake. Because if we have the answer, we cannot become part of the problem. And I've been in conversations where I was the problem. Or I walked out of that and I thought, well, yeah, I was right, but what did I gain? Nothing. I didn't gain anything. I didn't gain their trust. I didn't gain their respect. And it's so important that we posture ourselves right in the time that we're living in. Real important.
but we have to know that persecution is a real thing. Most of you, most of us have experienced some kind of persecution, but it's not illegal for them to come in and to shoot us or to close us down or to chop our head off or burn us at the stake. Those things are happening in other countries, but in America right now, those things are not legal. But you can look, you can just look at what's happening in Seattle, for example. I don't know if, for those of you that don't know, we have a new nation within our nation, and it won't stand. They're gonna, it'll get taken down at some point. But you have these, these people that it went from, they, what they did was they hijacked people that were saying, hey, we want to talk about an injustice here. Okay, let's hear the injustice. They hijacked the injustice. Help me, Jesus. You keep me from going too far off here. They hijacked the injustice speech, and they have now taken over a, a six-block radius inside of a city because its leadership is crooked to the core, and they allow it to go on. So this is why we pray for those who have rule over us. This is why we bless them. This is why we, we do everything we can to influence them. We don't want people. We don't want people that are blinded, not knuckleheads, but people that are blinded and in darkness taking over areas. Who agrees with that? We want people that are in a light to do what needs to, to be done, that have access and understand the gospel, all of those things. That's who we want to be running things. So we have to make sure that we've positioned ourselves right to be able to do that. But all along the way, persecution is something that it's always been there against the church. It's always been there against God's people, and it always will be all the way until the very end of this age we're living in. And the reason is, is because the enemy hates the gospel. The gospel has all of the answers for people to be free. Amen. So we have to keep our perspective right. Know that it comes with the territory. Second Timothy chapter three. I've got a bunch of verses. I'm going to hit them really quick here. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 12. It says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And I think they've got all the verses pulled up here so we can go through them quickly because I probably won't have time to wait for you to get to it. Verse 12, let's read it again. Yes, and all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. This just says those who desire to live godly. You ever experienced any kind of persecution, even if it was the enemy coming and putting thoughts in your mind just because you wanted to do the right thing? I mean, I've been there before. It says, but evil men and apostles will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It doesn't say that it's going to get better. It says that they will grow worse and worse. And I, w I wish I could stand up here and just say, man, everything is just going to be, and really everything will be all right. But I'm not going to say that we're not going to have to endure some difficult stuff. And I don't want to overstate this because you can walk right out these doors. You can get in your car and you can drive around and you can be the freest person that you want to be. And praise God for that. But there's no doubt that the enemy wants to not only stop our freedom that we have just as human beings, but he also wants to stop the religious freedom that we have. I heard years ago, and I've shared this many times, but at one point, it was about five or six years ago, I heard the statistic that 90% of the gospel that was going around the world, 90% of it was coming from the United States. Why? Because we have a system that is built on a, a, the Bible is capitalistic. I don't have time to get into that now, but 
The Bible's capitalistic, and there's a system that's built on that and a system that's built on freedom because God has designed people to be free. That's why we have the wealth that we do, and because we have the wealth and we have the freedom, and we've got some good hearts here, we have gospel, the gospel going around the world because of that. You don't think that the enemy is strategic and wanting to come and crush? It's not, about, it's not about the left or the right or about Democrat or Republican. It's about freedom. You understand that it's about freedom. The enemy wants to crush our freedom. But here's the thing that you'll find out if you study history. Every time that the church came under tremendous persecution, you would see the gospel being spread. And so part of me wants to say, you know what? If that's what's going to take for the world to be saved, bring on the persecution. Now, God doesn't want us to be persecuted. He wants us to be free. But if that's what it takes for the gospel to be spread, and I think that there's something that happens that when people get pressed on and they get pressed on together, the ones that aren't real, that are pretenders, they run. But the ones that are real, true, faith-filled people that love God and love each other, they will clump together and they will stand and they don't get uh, divided with all of the indifferences. But what we've had is we've had all of this freedom for so many years, and we've got this denomination, and we've got this denomination, and we've got these people over here. Well, I believe this. Well, I like this, and I like that. And when persecution comes, instead of being divided over stupid things, and I'm going to use the S word, Liz, stupid things, (laughs) it becomes, hey, I heard that there was a... uh, that they raided your area of town last night and killed some people. Are you okay? Yes, we're doing good. That becomes the thing that's most important. And why would you stick together like that? Because you know that the gospel is the answer. You know that the gospel is, is what it's all about. You know that the gospel is the thing that you have in common. You know that it says this. Let me just hit this. this I don't even have time to go here, but I'm going to do it anyways. Odds are I'm not going to get through any of this because I haven't even hit point number one of the first set of points, and i got three more sets of points after that. So, <laughs> Don't let anyone lie to you what the answer is about the race problem in our country. And you say, well, what do you believe? I believe racism has been there since however people's skin color got changed or what that looked like. I don't know. I don't understand. I sometimes think it happened at the Tower of Babel when he confused their languages. Maybe their skin color changed too. It doesn't say that. I don't know. It's all supposition. Racism has been there for a long time. And by the way, racism in America, it's not worse in America than it is in other countries. There's still slavery that is legal in other countries. It's not legal here. Just saying. But is there racism? Sure. You got some people that are so not knuckleheads, but they're just in darkness. And they really don't understand that God created all men equal. So whether you're you're Red, yellow, black, or white, as the song goes, all are precious in his sight. You want, you don't want, you want to know, if I can say it, do you want to know what the answer is? In Ephesians chapter 2, it says that he broke down the middle wall of separation, making one of the two. And what was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that the Gentiles had been engrafted in to the kingdom of God. They had become children of God just like the nation of Israel. And you have to understand something. The division between the Jews and the Gentiles, it was more than just, hey, we're Gentiles and we're Jews. We have a covenant with God and we don't have a covenant with God. There were things culturally. There were language barriers. There were things concerning race. 
concerning what animals to eat and not eat. All kinds of things were in there. And it says that he broke down the middle wall of separation, making one of the two. You want to know what the answer is for for any race problems in our country that might exist? The answer is the gospel. It's not screaming and shouting and looting. But I did hear something that really opened up my eyes. That there is the, the cry of the unheard oftentimes will turn into destruction. I forget exactly how it was phrased. But people, if they feel like they have injustice being done to them, oftentimes they'll go and they'll burn things down. They'll try and make their voice be heard. I'm not saying that that's good behavior, but I am saying it's good for people to wake up and say, okay, are there something, is there something that we're missing here that we can work on changing? Is there something that we can do better with how we're treating other people in our country? That's, that's not a bad question to ask ever. That's a good question to ask because I don't want to be on the side of being wrong and not doing something about things that are not right. But on the flip side, and this is where you have to have, listen to me, I, okay, let me step back and say this different. You need to hear me. Most of what you're seeing on the chicken noodle news and all of the other stuff, they are not telling you the truth. They're giving you a narrative that is twisted. You have to understand that. If you don't understand that, you will be blinded. Most of what we see going on is not about injustice. It's about people wanting to set the world on fire and watch it burn. You say, why would people do that? Because there are people that their hearts are filled with darkness. They're filled with evil, and they just do things like this. You have to understand that. If you don't, you can't even start from a place of praying right. You have to understand that. You say, well, what about racial injustice? Well, let's move and pray and believe God for some change to happen in areas where it needs to change. But burning down the world around us is not the answer to doing that. Know that the ones, but this is important, the ones that are crying out saying there's injustice are not the same ones that are burning down the world. It's different groups of people. You have to understand that. They have taken it and they have hijacked it. They've hijacked a movement and they've turned it into something else. Okay, Lord, do I look like a conspiracy theorist here in some people's eyes and just say it or do I not say it? No, I got more I could say that you don't even know what I'm going to say. And I just feel like I'm the, I'm the one that I have to say things sometimes. Man, Lord. And Jesus, I thank you that persecution is not in the church. This is a place where we don't get persecuted in the walls. We're gracious and loving towards one another as all of our eyes are being opened up to realities around us. Because there's things that we think we understand that we don't understand. There's things that other people understand that we don't understand. And God, I thank you for illumination coming to us in Jesus' name. You have to understand something. There have been things that have been happened to our black brothers and sisters that are wrong. And so with a cry of plea, well, I don't know if I should say this. I'm going to say it. I keep saying that, but I'm just some chicken, I guess. They started saying black lives matter. Guess what? Black lives matter. All lives matter. But the point is, is that they need to have a voice that's heard that black lives do matter. But listen to me. Black lives matter movement that's happening in our country right now was hijacked from the people that were screaming out their voices to be heard and is now run by I'm not sure who, I'm guessing George Soros, I don't really know, but they are going, they're paying people to protest and burn down our cities. 
You understand this? There is a difference between the ones that are saying, Black Lives Matter, we need to be heard, versus the one that's saying, and doing all the stuff that they're doing on TV. Is everybody okay with me right now? Because this is really nasty to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. Because people are like, what do you think? What do you believe? I'm giving you truth right now. I'm giving you things that I know to be true. I wouldn't tell you something if I didn't know it to be true. But what I'm telling you now absolutely positively is the truth. There's a lot that I don't know, but those things that I just told you, I do know. Now, everybody take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. If we don't talk about these things here, how will we know what's really going on in our world? You say, well, I don't know if I see it quite like that. You get the gist. You get what I'm saying. Amen. Did I do okay? Okay. Everybody give me a, a great big smile. It is truth. We just have to have our eyes open up to see what's going on. It's wrong to be on one side to say, oh, there are a bunch of lunatics because there's some of them that really have had unjust things done to them, right? But it's also wrong to say that everything that's going on is okay because it's not. How do you pray? If you can't see what's right and wrong, how do you pray for something? You're not going to pray right. I, I was talking to, to somebody, and they said because they understand that there have been injustices and there are injustices towards the African-American community, and he said, I, I hope they burn the cities down. And I heard his heart like, okay, they need, to, they need to be able to cry and for people to hear and to actually do something. But I don't think what he was really understanding was the ones that are really crying for injustice are not the ones that are burning the cities down. Those are people that have taken opportunity by somebody that's trying to have their voice be heard. Amen. I don't even have time to get into my message. What did I read? Two verses and I have 15 to read. Oh, I feel better. I do. I feel better because Liz has been, I don't know, we've got a car ride happening and I'm not sure what the car ride's going to be like. So <clears throat> I really try to be careful because I don't, I don't want to upset people, but I also don't want to remain silent about things that need to be said. Amen. And I think it's wrong as, as believers if we ever turn a blind eye to things that are going on around us. And I think it's wrong for pastors of churches to keep their mouth closed on issues like this. That's why the world is burning around us. That's why the world is having the issues. And Jesus wasn't, uh, he wasn't caught off guard years ago, which I was going to get into some of that stuff. But, you know, years ago when he was here, he prophesied that there would be some of these things that would take place. And so then some people are like, well, it's just going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen on my watch. If there's evil prevailing, I'm going to do everything to come against it. And what's going to happen is going to happen. But I'm going to stand against unrighteousness. I'm going to stand against injustice. And I'm going to stand against anything that would come against what God says that we're supposed to do. That's the right place to stand at. But don't get caught up in all of the jargon. This would be my encouragement. Get off, and I will call them chicken noodle news because that's exactly what they are. I'm telling you, you want to know the biggest problem in our country right now. You listen to me, church. The news media is a tool of the devil right now in our country. Get off the news media. Believe about 5% of what you read on Facebook. Try to find some better sources, not of right or of left, but of truth. What's actually going on? Nobody wants to be blinded, except for those that are working to blind other people. Nobody else, nobody wants to be blinded. 90% of Americans 
do not want to live blind. And why are they? Because they listen to things that are not accurate. They listen to things that are being told to them that are not true. You say, I don't think you should use the pulpit to talk about these things. I do. It's the day we live in. We have to talk about these things. We have to discuss. We are grown-ups, and we have to put on our big girl and big boy pants and just talk about these things sometimes. But I feel that I have a responsibility to tell people, you have to tune into what's true. You say, well, I'm a little more left-leaning, or I'm a little more right-leaning. That's not my issue with you right now. I'll deal with you later on that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The issue is you have to know what is really happening, and you have to find better sources. And listen, you have to go to the Spirit of God and say, God, what is really happening in all this stuff? What's really happening? I'm going to throw out one more thing because you need to hear it from me because you need to know how to pray. There is so much about Donald Trump that so many people don't like, and that's fine. He says the H word and the D word, probably every other press conference. And Christians just don't like that. You know what? I'm glad we got somebody with some gumption. And you know why a lot of Christians don't like him? Is because they have listened to the lies of people that say he's a racist and a misogynist. Maybe at one point in his life he was, but what about redemption for people that God has called to lead? I can tell you now, by the spirit of God, he's not a racist and he's not a misogynist. Does he have a checkered past? Who doesn't have a checkered past? Anybody here not have a checkered past? The man is called to lead. He was anointed by God. The prophets prophesied over and over and over. Find out what side you're on. I don't want to be on the right side. No, I'm talking about God's side. If God says, I've anointed this man, then we need to stand with God and say, God, I'm going to support that man that you've anointed. You would have to have... You would have to have your head in the political... In the, I won't say political, in the prophetic sand to not see that God has his hand on him. He's anointed him as a Cyrus to come in and change things that need to be changed. And do you know why? And the reason I'm saying this, you understand, does everybody understand that this is an election year? In 2020, we, at the end, in November, we are going to go to the ballot box Every one of you, if you're not registered to vote, you go, you get registered to vote, and you vote. If I find out you're not voting, then I will have a good talking with you. What else can I do, right? If you're my child, I would spank you, but you understand that this is an election year. Look back at something. Look back and think for the last three years. Now, whatever's truth, I would want to come out. If he was a Russian spy, I'd want to know about it, and I'd want it to be dealt with. If he had some Ukraine collusion or whatever, I'd want it to come out, and I would, I would want the truth to be told. If all of the other Stormy Daniels, whatever, yada, 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 was true, and it needed to come out, I would want it to come out. Why? Because I'm a person of truth. You are people of truth. But you understand, for three and a half years, for three and a half years, The enemy has worked through the media to get people to believe that he is a rotten, crooked, nasty scoundrel when in fact he is the most true American president we have had since John F. Kennedy. And you know why? You say, well, John F. Kennedy, he was a womanizer. Yeah, he was. But you know what he was also? He was a real American. You want to know why he got assassinated? You want to know why? He got assassinated because the last speech that he had written was he was going to tell the American people about the crookedness of the, of the IRS, 
of the Federal Reserve and of the deep state that was happening in our country. And so he went rolling down the street in Dallas-Fort Worth, or wherever he was, somewhere around there, and they killed him. We have somebody in our White House right now that's willing to stand and say, it's not about the left, and it's not about the right. It is about the enemy coming in and trying to destroy your freedoms, your freedoms, and I'm standing in their way. Who cares if you like them? That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with what God has said is supposed to happen, and we need to support that. This is where you have to learn to trust the people, the voices of God within the church what are they saying collectively and what they've been saying for years? Kim Clement, who went on to be with the Lord, was one of the greatest prophets of our time. He prophesied way before probably President Trump even knew he was going to be President Trump. And he said, Trump will be a trumpet. He will go into the White House. He'll have hot blood, meaning that he's fiery like he is. Man, I can relate to him. He'll have hot blood. And it said that he will go in not knowing the Lord, but he will come out being filled with the Spirit of God. Multiple people have witnessed to the fact that he has personally made a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he has all, listen to this, it's, he doesn't have just the left against him. He has all of the established politicians and things that have been happening there for years. He has all of them against him. That's what he has coming against him. Why do you think for the last three and a half years... They've made up one story after another, after another, after another, and to no avail. To no avail. They go in and they do all this probing, trying to get understanding of what's going on, and to no avail. Why? Because it's not there. Coronavirus, real? Yeah, definitely real. There's people in here that I know that have been affected by it, maybe personally, but even family members that, that contracted it, whatever. It's real. But what we do know is that the media took it and they inflated it like a thousand times to where everyone was going, Bleh! and what happened to our economy? Was that intentional by the media? You betcha. Why? Because if they can make him look bad while he's in office, people are tied to their money. And if they're losing money, they're going to look for change in November and they're going to look in a different place than the one that God has anointed to lead this country. Look, I don't care if you believe, believe like I believe or not. I'm telling you the truth. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's how I feel sometimes. I'm so, I, and I've had prophecies for me about even being involved in politics. I think it needs to at least start here in the pulpit. Go study the blood. You want to know why I'm lit on fire like I am? I'm going to shut up right here. You want to know why I'm lit on fire like I am? Go and read about the Black Robe Regiment. The reason this country was founded and we had the freedoms that we had, and if, I don't have time to get it, is because ministers, gospel preachers, stood up and said, we will not tolerate the atrocities of King George for one more minute. Come on, people. And they ripped off their black robes and they had military uniforms on underneath. They had guns, they had swords, and they said, we're going and we're marching for freedom. This is me leading you the best I know how to march for freedom. You can vote, you can pray, and you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying. See, I'm responsible for what I tell you from the pulpit. 
And the, the measure of weightiness that brings on me, like literally because I've told you these things, I'm going to have to spend an hour driving going, Lord, I know I did what you told me to do because I was willing to shut up, but I felt impressed to continue saying it. I'm going to have to probably work through it for at least an hour or two going, God, I know I said what you wanted me to say. Because it's all, there's always the thing of I don't want to lose people for speaking the truth. I want people to be with me, but I will not be the one. I will not be the parent. I will not be the leader that refuses to tell you something because just because because you don't agree with it. Sometimes when it comes to our kids, we have to tell them things that they don't like, but we know it's good for them if we will tell them the truth. Thank you. I, amen. I want you to be the most outstanding, upstanding citizens in all of the region. You say, I still don't like President Trump. I don't care. I don't care if you like him. That's not what it's about. What is the Spirit of God saying? What's He revealing? Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.